We heard Jesus speak about what has been coined as the great commandment. And because the Lord was asked a question by a scribe, a scholar of the law, as to which of the commandments uh, were the greatest. It was a debate among scholars of the law, for they were not just considering ten commandments, but considering what was written in the five books of Moses, they were considering 613 commandments. And so the debate centered on the issue, what is the point of all of these commandments? Certainly, as scholars of the law, they did not think that it was pointless, but what is the key in, uh, interpretive uh, point of these commandments that the Lord had given? Whether the moral law, the dietary laws, or the ceremonial or worship laws. When the Lord Jesus came to the earth, he said he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. First of all, he dispenses of the dietary laws, the kosher laws, and no reason is really given in that regard, but uh, it is my hope that we will have a crab feast in uh, July, a pandemic and God willing, and, uh, but if the kosher law was still in place, we wouldn't have a crab feast, for instance. Uh, we wouldn't uh, eat cheeseburgers and things like that. Now, we do know that the Lord has dispensed of the ceremonial or the worship laws, as we heard in the second reading, the epistle to the Hebrews, in which the one eternal sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, crucified, died, risen, and ascended, replaces the ceremonial laws of the Old Testament. There was no need to sacrifice animals uh, and shed the blood of animals uh, to ask for atonement or forgiveness of sins from God. It has been accomplished through the one eternal sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Mass is a participation in that one eternal sacrifice. That which is always present to the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit is made present in this time and space. And that is why we say this is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The Lord Jesus is not crucified over and over again. We're participating in the one eternal sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, who was crucified, died, risen, and ascended into heaven. The Lord did not dispense of the moral laws. He did dispense of the death penalty that was assigned to violators of the moral law, such as adultery. Both parties were to be stoned to death uh, and we see when Jesus was uh, Jesus had an encounter with a woman caught in the act of the adulter of adultery. He did not stone her to death, but the moral laws are still in place. And again, the key interpretive uh, point is that the Lord has given us guidance on how we are to love Him wholeheartedly and to love ourselves and others appropriately. We need that guidance, for we are uh, the crown of the Lord's creation. He is the source of all life, and he should know how we should live. And while the commandments are usually stated in a negative fashion, that you shall not, one should also look at what is behind that. So taking again that commandment against adultery, 
Uh, it is, you shall continue to build on your marriages. You shall not intrude on other marriages because you want to respect the commitment that that couple has made between themselves and with God. You don't want to break up family life. You want to uh, heighten family life. Uh, you don't want to have pain reverberated uh, across the generations because of that. Uh, you want to promote what is good. Uh, you want to build people up. You want them to have a blessing that not only affects them, but succeeding generations. The same thing with the worship of God. Uh, it is the opportunity to worship, not just a mere obligation. The opportunity to thank God in the way that God said we are to thank him. On the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus said, do this in memory of me. It was an expression of his love for us. And he continues to offer himself wholly and unconditionally to us for our salvation, an act of love. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. And we never have, uh, we never reach a point in which we have thanked God enough for his love for us. That we have never reached a point in which we have exhausted our thanks to God for not abandoning us to sin and death, for pro uh, providing a framework for living uh, that helps us to live according to our God-given destiny. So the key interpretive point of these commandments is that they are to help us to love God wholeheartedly. And through that love, to love ourselves and others appropriately. We always want to act in the way that leads people to God, not leads them away from God. So not only is it important if we took, for instance, the Ten Commandments as an example, not only is it important uh, to have a right relationship with God, Commandments 1 and 3, but God also says to maintain a right relationship with him, we also must live according to Commandments 4 and 10, which talks about how we are to relate to one another. And we could come to Holy Mass, we could pray and, and all, but if we are doing things that are against our neighbor, that will affect our relationship with God. We cannot pay God off saying, well, I've come to Mass so I can uh, treat my neighbor any which way I want to. No, it's all and the same. The Lord said all of his commandments rest on that key interpretive principle. So the importance of being part of a community and contributing to the life of that community and building people up to remember who they are, whom God has made them to be, and what God has given them the power to do. God created us not to live in isolation from each other, but to interact with one another. We see that in the church. The Lord called people to follow him within the context of a fellowship of disciples. Uh, after he rose from the dead, he commissioned the church, the entire fellowship of disciples, to give witness to the fact that he has risen from the dead and the gifts that are given because of that. 
And that is why on this eve of All Saints and All Souls Day, in which we are reminded about the communion of saints, uh, the Archdiocese of Baltimore wants us to pray about the presence of Christ in the gathering of the congregation during Holy Mass, for we are observing the year of the Eucharist since Corpus Christi last. And on Corpus Christi, the Archdiocesan focus was the presence of Christ in the Eucharist, that by the power of the Holy Spirit and the words of Christ, offered by a priest or a bishop ordained in the apostolic succession, during Holy Mass, that the bread and wine is totally transformed into the most holy body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, it appears to be bread and wine still, but in actuality, God, who created the universe out of nothing, and has the capacity to do whatever he says that he will do, changes that bread and wine into his most holy body and blood through the ministry of the church, specifically through the ministry of the priest and the bishop during Holy Mass. It's important for us to recognize that, but it is also important for us to recognize the three other ways that the Lord is present. He said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So we need to recall that as we park or walk across the parking lot, and as we enter the church, and as we gather together in this congregation, the Lord is present. Indeed, the word church uh, comes from the Greek, which means assembly, ecclesia. So it did not refer to a building, it referred to the assembly of God's people. Now, uh, in the Lord's providence, he does give us buildings called churches to be set aside for worship, uh, to come to the altar of God, to hear from the word of God from this ambo or pulpit. But the word church, first of all, means the assembly of God's people gathered together by the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we may have chosen, to, uh, certainly there are many parishes you could choose, but you chose Holy Family Church. But really, you were responding to the call of the Lord who asked you to come here to be part of the community of faith. Uh, the Lord worked through the Archbishop of Baltimore, and he asked me to come here uh, almost um, what, uh, November 7th, I think, uh, 2015 is the anniversary, to come here to be part of the community of faith here at Holy Family. The same in the other parishes of the Archdiocese, and then we're in communion with the larger community of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and then the Archdiocese of Baltimore is in communion with all the other archdioceses and dioceses of the world, in union with the Bishop of Rome, the Pope. The Lord calls us to be part of a community. To say that we are a Christian does not mean only having a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ through the ministry of his church. Tertullian, who was a North African theologian in his uh, Orthodox days, uh, at other points he became heretical, but in his Orthodox days said, one Christian alone is no Christian at all. Indeed, in the early church, if some people absent themselves from Holy Mass and they knew the person was not sick or, or whatever other good reason, 
and they tried to reach out to that person. The person did not come back. They said, I guess that person is no longer a Christian anymore. To be a Christian is not to be alone in our relationship with the Lord, but it is to live out that relationship within the context of the community. And yes, it can get messy sometimes. We're all imperfect people. We did not come out of heaven to come to Holy Family Church. I did not come out of heaven to come to Holy Family Church. But what the Lord has asked us to do is to help each other get there. And he chooses us as instruments. No, we don't deserve it. But he chooses us as instruments to bear witness to his love and mercy. And the same God who worked through those first generation of Christians can work through this generation of Christians gathered here at Holy Family Church and in parishes around the world. The importance of Christ being present in the life of the community. I'm sure that this week, as I invite you to join me in praying about the people that the Lord has placed in our lives to grow in faith, that you will see, and I will see once again, how the Lord Jesus came personally through the ministry of the community of faith to say that he is here for us. Yes, it's very important to be nourished by his word. Very, very important to be nourished by his most holy body and blood. But he also nourishes us through the presence of his, of his disciples gathered together in his church. Just the fact that you are sitting here is a source of encouragement for others. You've been through uh, blessings this week. I mean, rather, you've received blessings this week, you've dealt with burdens this week, but you bring your entire selves to the Lord, offering yourself in union with the one eternal sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people on the live stream who cannot be here for whatever reason, health reasons, and yet they desire to be part of the community as well. Virtually uh, is not the most perfect way uh, and we hope that people will be able to come and join us in person eventually. But yet they are reaching out for community by joining with us online. And that's why we say in the beginning of Holy Mass, whether online or on site, we are spiritually connected as we worship the Lord God together. But then we're sent forth to witness through the Lord God together, not only among ourselves, but to the wider community. So join me in praying about the people that the Lord has placed in your life, members of the church who helped you to grow in faith. You didn't get to the waters of baptism by yourself, even if you were baptized as an adult. You did not uh, prepare to receive uh, first penance and first uh, Holy Communion by yourself, and so on and so forth the ways in which people have supported us when we were grieving, the ways that people have celebrated with us event, uh, happy events in life, and many, many other things. Pray about in thanksgiving the people God has placed in your life, fellow disciples who have helped you to grow in your faith in good times and in bad. It's a gift of the Lord Jesus Christ who makes himself present in the gathering of his disciples, in the gathering of this congregation for worship.